Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Dual Screens podcast, the world's number one indie game developer interview podcast, probably, although definitely, given today's guest, I think it's going to propel us to new heights, <laughs> amazing new places. Joining us this week is Alex Rushdie, creator of Dawn of the Monsters, a manga-inspired, side-scrolling, kaiju co-op beat-em-up Alex, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. It's going well. It's going well. Yeah, you guys uh, showed this game to the world, and I was like, oh, I got to talk about this. This is like my childhood brought to life. All of my nice. fantasies are happening at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask you, though, before we get into the nitty-gritty here, the brass tacks, as it were, how do you resist not making every character look like Godzilla when you're making this thing? That's all I would do. Just draw King Kong and Godzilla for the entire thing. Well, you know, it was like, that was a whole process. The character design process took so long, mm. but um, oh, I think we have a guest. Oh, shut up. Is he here? He's here. Oh, my God. Oh my okay. God, we're we're like already recording, and you're like gonna interrupt <laughs> no, the show. Good. No, 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 that's good. That's good. I'm glad you're recording because now everyone could know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> I fucked up my computer, ladies and gentlemen, and I have no Windows operating system. I had Steven to. Fontana is hijacking <laughs> the show with his bullshit. See, <laughs> this is what I was saying. Computers are haunted. They're... Yeah. Um, so I've Terrible. had a. I've had a uh, a much faster solid state drive than the current solid state drive I've been using. It's been installed, but I never switched my operating system to it. So I went to do that today and destroyed my computer. So uh, I am now reinstalling Windows from a USB drive that I had to basically put together with duct tape and glue. So I do apologize for that. Um, maybe, uh, you know, we'll hang out. <laughs> At another time, but enjoy the rest of your time with Andy. He's a good person. You're in good hands, and uh, I love you. And and uh, listeners and viewers, thank you for watching and listening. And as always, be excellent to each other. Oh, look at that! So sweet. Uh, thanks for popping in. Look at that! Look at that! It's all downhill from here. It's, yeah. uh, it won't get any better well, than that. that was you might as well stop listening now. Yeah, it's way too. We're gonna. I want to cut all that out. By the way, it's not gonna make it <laughs> in the actual show. Um. <laughs> But you were saying before you were so rudely interrupted, Alex. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of. I don't know if I want to stay on this podcast with how things are going so far. <laughs> um, no, we were. I mean, when when we started designing the monsters, which is a long time ago, we were like, okay, you know, we 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 want to have monsters that uh, or characters that evoke classic kaiju and classic tokusatsu tropes but we don't want them to be like oh this is just you know a knockoff or this is just like lawyer friendly versions of those characters right right um so you know obviously megadon is like he's like a dinosaur he's very godzilla like in that sense but you know we wanted to make sure that the design had its own interest and its own characteristics that would make it unique and then that, that extended to the other characters as well. Like we have a character that's clearly inspired by Ultraman. Yep. But, you know, <laughs> he's got his own aesthetic and his own um, color scheme, his own proportions. And, 
and all that stuff. And then the uh, the crab monster, Ganira, is kind of like, I just like, I love insect kaiju or like crustacean kaiju yeah. especially. So she's not really inspired by a specific monster, but kind of just like that genre of monster. Just kind of the, that was, I think, more of the, the concept is like there are different categories of monsters honestly the only one that i think is missing from the cast is the big monkey um so maybe for <laughs> dawn of the monsters 2 or for dlc mm. or something we'll do mm. the big monkey because our bases are pretty well covered you know on the topic of big monkeys mm. king kong versus godzilla is that even a fight you have one breathes radioactive fire death laser beams at you and one's covered in fur I don't know how that's even a matchup that makes sense. Uh, I mean, monkey smart, man. Monkey that's smart, yeah, monkey, but monkey burn. Monkey think. Monkey have monkey brain. Okay. You watch the movie, you see that. That monkey, he figures things out pretty uh-huh. quick. <laughs> in, the, in the original one, in the, in the like 60s one, they were just like, you know what? Give him lightning powers. And then he gets lightning powers halfway through the movie. And they're like, God monkey now monkey's strong he is now the god of thunder yeah (laughs) you ever see the sequel to the american one when he gets like a heart transplant remember that one yes (laughs) wow king kong lives that movie is insane oh it was it was always on channel 11 growing up for some reason just like that they would pull his like fucked up heart out it was like this giant thing on this crane yeah and it was uh, linda hamilton right yeah, she was yeah. uh she was operating on kong they have like a crane come in and yank out his heart <laughs> they give him a new one. Oh god i that love it i i love that that movie got made yeah like, someone the looked at it and was like yeah sure fuck it like mm-hmm. have king kong eat a hillbilly i'm in. yeah i'm into it definitely i'm into it <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of walk through the genesis of this project um how does one go from a game like Runbow to Dawn the Monsters? Walk us through the creative process of how this came to be. Well, it, it was a bit of a long time coming. Hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Kaiju, and I always have been since I was a little kid. And uh, I always thought it would make a great video game. And there were some great monster video games, but it had been few and far between especially mm. in the in the later 2000s and 2010s uh so rumbo was wrapping up and uh, we were looking for next projects and one of the ideas that we had was a kind of a giant monster wrestling fighting game so it was a little more like a four player party game initially and we made a prototype of it and we played around with a bunch of different concepts and stuff and marketing branding. So this would have been around 2016, 2017. And we took that, all those materials around to like every publisher that we could find. And everyone was like, this looks really cool. I love giant monsters. We're not going to pay for this game. So mm. after Dick. <laughs> that was everyone they were like we, we love this we're not going to pay for it though oh okay um so uh, 
after about and then part of that was was you know because making a fighting game is is really tough it's it's a very difficult genre to make games in and most publishers are just terrified of the fighting game genre because anytime a new fighting game comes out they think and maybe rightly so they're competing with street fighter and tekken and mortal Kombat, and they're just like we can't compete with those guys um and and i get that i mean hell like it's hard to be a new fighting game even just the number of characters when a game like smash bros exists with like 80 characters right in the box Mm. um that's i mean people don't understand that was developed over like two decades of development time because each iteration there so nowadays launching a fighting game launching with eight characters is already a shit ton of work and money and a lot of people will be like eight characters yeah no thanks i'll wait until it's on sale on steam for right, 30 right. cents um so that so so like making a fighting game is already hard uh and it's a it's it's filled with like like fighting against other fighting games for people's attention is tough um so what we did is we we took that project and we put it on the back burner uh and we said you know what maybe we'll revisit that another day mm. And we worked on a game called Double Cross. And so Double Cross took, I think we started in 2017 and we finished the end of 2018. Um, but we had kind of spent some too much time and money on other prototypes. And right. anyways, Double Cross ended up coming out, but like not quite finished. And we had to patch in a bunch of stuff. It was a bit of a, uh, a nightmare uh, to finish that game, but it came out. Um, and it, I think it's pretty cool. But uh, after that, we kind of want because Double Cross is like a single player only type of game. Mm. We wanted to look back like, OK, well, we really like multiplayer and we really, you know, we're actually into the idea that we had with Dawn of the Monsters. Why don't we take another crack at it? Uh, get some government grants. But this time, let's shift it from being instead of being a fighting game. Uh, what if we made it like a co-op beat em up? And the more we thought about that idea, the better it sounded because it's fun to have fighting. Like I love fighting games, but if I'm playing with like a friend who's not good at fighting games, like they're just going to have a rough time, right? Like I'm just going to destroy them over their ass. I'm going to kick their ass. I'm I'm not going to hold back. You kidding me? You know, I Um, hold back sometimes (laughs) out of that same fear. I have friends who are like kind of okay. So I'll win like two matches. I'll lose three or four. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All right, get their confidence back up. Then I'll kick their ass. But yeah, continue. <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah. So there's that. So we were like, well, I mean, co-op, co-op is is a little friendlier. And on top of that, if it's co-op, you can be like, or or if it's if it's players versus enemies, you can be ripping through hordes of enemies, which sounds fun. Like mm. you know, Dynasty Warriors meets Godzilla is like, well, yeah. Why hasn't this been made yet? Streets of Rage meets Ultraman. Why hasn't this been made yet? Um, They're all great questions. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were like, well, and then you could also be smashing through cities because any kaiju fighting game, um, very quickly the city gets destroyed. And then it's just like a barren landscape. Um, or they have to, or they'll reset it between rounds. So like buildings will magically reappear. So the more we thought about it, we were like, actually, it would be super fun to be able to sit down with my friend and just smash a city to bits and, you know, blow other monsters to smithereens. Um, and we decided to, to start working on that. And, and the only game that was similar to this that we could find was probably 
King of the Monsters 2 mm-hmm. that was on like Neo Geo and Super Nintendo because it, it was mostly a fighting game, but it had co-op and you could go through these little sections where you'd smash cities. So, you know, we just started working with that in mind. So we had the, the, the new game design down and then we're like, what graphically we also, we want to offer something different. We want to offer something unique visually because most giant monster games, they, they try to look pretty realistic, which makes sense. But um, we wanted to do, we wanted to offer something that even if you aren't a fan of monsters, you might look at this game and go, ooh, like, that looks pretty, that looks pretty cool. That looks pretty slick. Mm-hmm. So we decided to base it kind of off of monster movie posters oh wow kind of more illustrative yeah and um and manga and and comic books and so that was actually the thing so the the new gameplay partnered with the new visuals we took it to a bunch of publishers and immediately we were in a meeting with way forward we, we were working with them on some um some other projects uh that had wrapped up and they were like we want to keep working with you let's we have a couple of projects we want to show you. And so we were in this meeting and Wait Forward was like, here's one project we could do together. Here's another project. And I was like, hey, if you don't mind, we have something that we've been working on kind of in the background. Do you want to see it? And they were like, yeah, sure, let's see it. And then, you know, almost immediately they were like, actually, we want to, we want you to work on that. Oh, that's so dope. Um, so, uh, yeah, they were super supportive from like day one. They thought it was a great idea. And we, we, signed up with them because um, we're, we're kind of like their first major publishing project. They published a game called Mystic Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, they've like invested money and it's kind of part of the, the normal publishing cycle with them. So we partnered up with them in 2019 and, you know, got into full steam ahead development. And here we are. And then, COVID-19 happened. Super exciting. Oh my God. Yeah, right when you like sealed the deal, it's yeah. all ready to go, right? To start production. <laughs> we were like having an end of 2019, we were partying. And then we <laughs> we're like, ooh, uh, all right. Okay. Now, was it a big did it impact your team? Because I feel like on the indie side, a lot of folks tend to work remotely as it is. Do you guys have a like a an office space you all kind of gathering, or was it just when the pandemic hit we did business as usual okay we did have an office Mm -hmm. uh we had been working from an office i mean we we had always had an office we we never worked remote Mm -hmm. so when the pandemic hit we all went to work from home pretty quickly and um we we had actually uh, honestly we had intended to go back to the office at some point and we had talked to the landlord to be like, hey, we, our lease is coming up soon, like our lease renewal. Um, we can't go in the office now because of the global pandemic. Right. But if we can like cut a deal until we can go back in full time, we're happy to keep the, keep the spot, right? And they were just like, they were pretty much like either, either we get all your money or we get none. And we were like, okay, you get, you get none. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we've just moved fully to work from home. Mm. And uh, like, it, it was a tough transition for sure. But honestly, I, I think it's like maybe one step back, two steps forward. Mm. You know, it's people are able to better manage their work-life balance. 
they're better able to better um i don't know manage their schedules it's uh it's worked out pretty well and uh we're still navigating it and trying to figure out how to do it best moving forward but we're the plan is to stick to this for for good yeah i feel like working from home for me because now i'm back in the office full time but i worked harder when i was at home because if my physical body is in an office it has the illusion of someone working like well (laughs) he's at his desk he must be working right he's doing something over there (laughs) while i'm watching like you know netflix for like six hours of the day and answering (laughs) to emails and and the biggest challenge is what's for lunch that day yeah when i'm at home i feel like i have to prove my worth somehow because i'm not there (laughs) so i'll work harder because you know this is what happens it's a weird knockoff effect but um when you were describing the game it's it's kind of like what i wanted rampage to always be Mm. like being able to do more than just scale a tall building and knock it down then go on to the next it's just that that side-scrolling effect of it, like just going through a large city and beating up a bunch of shit sounds incredible to me. Thanks. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird, right? Like, like Rampage, like there's there's actually no shortage of kaiju video games. Like I mm-hmm. did a, I did a panel on this mm. and, I, and, and I talked about how there's just so many kaiju video games. There's a lot across multiple genres, mm-hmm. but like, the co-op kaiju beat em up, which seems like, hey, that's the like if 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 I was to watch a, a kaiju movie and then you were like, hey, what what kind of game you'd make it be either fighting game or beat em up. And like that one just like never never materialized for whatever reason. Does does Dawn of Monsters have some of that its fighting game origins in this? Are we doing like special combinations of buttons to do certain things or just straight up like it just a beat em up traditional in every way i think some of that fighting game dna comes through just in the uh the depth of the combat like you can you can if you want just like mash light attack mash heavy attack and you know you can get decently far but um there's a lot of more fighting game style stuff you can do like there's a there's a bunch of special attacks that you can do and you can actually cancel them into each other so like you can megadon has this thing where he slams the ground and he any enemies around him get knocked up into the air and you can cancel that into his fire breath which then Mm. like knocks them up into the air further so you can that's like one quick combo you can figure out pretty early but then it's like you know he has a punch where you can throw um and you can send enemies flying against the edge of the screen. If they hit it, they bounce off. They got that wall bounce effect. And so then you can juggle them in the air with a bunch of attacks. So the controls we tried to keep fairly easy to understand, but the amount that you can do with it, um, it's it's quite expressive. Yeah, because I would, I would think the hardest part is making the actual gameplay part of it feel as non-repetitive as possible. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... Thinking of two recent examples in the beating up genre, um, Battletoads and Streets of Rage 4. Battletoads, yeah. I feel it was just lacking a lot in the moment-to-moment gameplay. Yeah. And Streets of Rage 4 was like on a whole other level of fun. Because it was all yeah. about there was combos, there was canceling, there was moves, there was 
there was like an in-depth move list that you would find in a fighting game that yeah. was that one that beat him up and that's why it worked so well on the fun side yeah no that's true like if a if a beat up has deep enough combat that like you want a training room mm-hmm. yeah then like you're doing something right because yeah. if <laughs> if the moment to moment combat is so has enough potential that like you know beating on one enemy for 20 minutes is interesting and you're discovering stuff and finding combos um then like it makes everything else stronger and and another thing that two Rage does really well and that that we've paid a lot of attention to 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 really um differentiate us is like the differences in the characters right so in in dawn of the monsters megadon is like your all-around brawler type you know he's he's pretty good at, at everything but he's he's got a pretty high um dps but then we've got characters like tempest galahad which is the big robot with the gun and mm. she's got the best like ever. range attacks thank you <laughs> um so she can actually shoot enemies from a distance she can gaddle them she can throw them up into the air she can plant mines and then she can detonate those mines at any time and she can also uh, she has this move called the reload where you it, you spend the 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 rage the energy and she loads a bullet and all of a sudden like half of her moves are just changed mm. so if you have like bullets loaded you can perform like it normally if you don't have bullets loaded you can perform her dash attack which is a kick kicks guys in the face and that's it but if it's loaded when it hits it blasts them across the arena and they bounce off of whatever they hit you know or or her mind normally is just an explosion but if it's loaded it sends up like a, um, a pillar of electricity and then that electrocutes and stuns anything that's near it. And they just like freeze there for a bit. So it was really important that we added depth and tried to do stuff that like we'd never seen in, in beat-em-ups before. Like Ganera, the crab monster, she can summon a little minion, a little crab creature that can go around and fight. <laughs> yes. for you know, she it. can just summon, it's like a little pet. <laughs> and any of your, like any of your, um, you can you can equip augments that change your character's abilities. Anything that she equips, the crab has it too. So, oh my God. It, there's just so much. Uh, there's a lot of fun combinations and potential, just in swapping characters between missions. By the way, I'm totally with you on the whole. If there's like a giant insect, crab, lobster creature, I'm all for it. Like for yeah, some reason, great. when I watched the old Godzilla films, anytime the big spider was on yes. screen, I was like. Show me more of the spider, please. That spider, spider is the shit. Right. Love it. So why? What? What? What's the setup here? Yes, we're these giant monsters fighting other giant monsters. What's the story? What's What's happening in this world? What's going on? So in the, uh, it's set in the like near-ish future of 2065. Okay. Uh, and the idea is that, you know climate change like unchecked climate change doesn't just lead to you know bad weather and all those other terrible things but also unearths monsters from the you know the the bowels of the earth uh so these monsters are called the nephilim Mm. and they start invading cities and nesting in them and taking them over and to battle them uh, kind of the United Nations forms a organization called Dawn, the Defense Alliance Worldwide Network. Mm. And Dawn 
you know basically realizes in order to you need to to you need monsters to stop monsters so they they build a giant robot yes. they get a giant superhero guy and they manage to control two of the nephilim um the earliest nephilim that that, that first appeared they managed to to control them and they build a team of like kaiju avengers and <laughs> so, <laughs> so they orbit earth in a in a space station called the sunrise and they blast these guys down to the planet to destroy uh the nephilim as they appear so you enter this you know they're kind of in the middle of a war by the time you enter the story and they're finally like we're, you know we have enough power we're going to take back the earth from these uh ancient monsters and discover where they came from and why they exist and they were there the whole time hanging out waiting for us to use sleeping a bunch of, sleeping resting a bunch of aerosol cans and <laughs> Just yeah. waiting for the time to That's emerge. Exactly I would it. love for you to like go to some like hoity-toity like science thing <laughs> and be like, this is about climate change. And just have like a demo of your game in the background rolling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I'm, I get invited and there's just just Megadon beating the tar. Do a, do a TED monster. talk about climate change. You just talk about your game for an hour and a half. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> so we spoke a little before we started recording how this game is uh, a lot further along than i had expected because this was announced mm -hmm. not too long ago and i was like that game looks awesome and according to you it's like kind of towards the end cycle like it's getting to like the done stages yeah where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel um i mean i think it'll still be a few months but uh we're we're you know, first half of 2022, it'll be, it'll be out and ready to play. So we're right now just debugging and testing and then submitting to lot check where, you know, we can get yelled at by Nintendo for not using the right um, switch logo or something. And, or Microsoft <laughs> can be like, yeah, you know, that's not the right color of the Xbox Y button. It's the wrong okay. shade of yellow. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's the next step is you know, once we finish debugging, then we submit it to that stuff to make sure that everything's hunky dory and then we announce a proper release date. Is that the kind of shit you hear from them? Like, oh, the color, like the, the blue is that oh, the yeah. tint in the PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, you can, get, all, you make can games. get in trouble for all sorts of, for all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, the, I remember way back on like the three, the, the Wii U, um i think we we didn't capitalize the the word wii u properly and that was a fail like it's it's the yes the wii u was a fail but go <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the fun of making video games you know and and for the most like the that's stuff they look for but for the most part lot check is is checking stuff to be like hey like if we run your game on a retail unit does it catch fire? Like, does it does it destroy something? Does it do something terrible? Because um, that that can that can happen where, you know, once your game is running on a on a proper retail console, it can find all sorts of new ghosts and bugs and terrible things. So, uh, in case anyone from Logic is listening, uh, thank you. You make our games better. <laughs> what was it like? to return to this project after it was put on ice for a little bit 
you know, you released the whole other game in that time. And now you, you've come back to it with a fresh set of eyes. And now it's almost done. What's that like for you as a developer? It's surreal. Um, I, I was really excited about that initial project when we, when we started it, but uh, it also, the, the process of, of pitching games to publishers is, is brutal. Uh, it's not, a, it's not like it can be fun, but it can also be a, a grind. And honestly, by the, by the time we'd finished all rounds of pitching, we were just like, I was just like, you know, ground down and uh and sad and i was like let's just put this for another day that's for future alex to deal with mm, okay. and um <laughs> so it, it was kind of cool when the opportunity came up i i'd given up hope for the project and then years later it was like you know what we could apply for a grant to make a prototype this might be the time to bring this back and uh and that's what we did and that was super cool and now to have it almost be done is uh elating and also terrifying at the same time what is that process like the whole grant application process like do you what do you submit to get like okay we're going to give you a, a pile of cash to make this fever dream of a game project i just scribble on a note i say <laughs> a cocktail I, I, I wrote i wrote big monster smash city question mark <laughs> i sent i mail that to justin trudeau Got it. Uh -huh. Looks at yep. it and he goes, eh, "Yeah, no, <laughs> this'll, it's, this'll it's, do." <laughs> it's basically just a bunch of documents explaining the game in detail, mm -hmm. but also explaining its market viability, justifying mm -hmm. its market viability, um, explaining stuff like how it's going to help our company, how it's going to help the industry in Ontario or in Canada, or things right. like that. Uh, that's the the gist of it. So it's just piles and piles of documents and then it gets reviewed by a jury and you hope you get it wow and there's like a huge gaming scene up there in canada too like a lot of folks i speak to are based out of you know there's montreal and quebec and mm. you know, there's toronto all over the place huge yeah. gaming scene over there no it's it's great and it what's great about it is and this goes for i think uh quebec and BC as well, but in Ontario, it's just like the support for interactive digital media is, is great. There's a, there's an organization called Ontario creates and they're a, they're a provincial organization that helps fund interactive digital media projects. So they we've worked with them for so long. Um, they helped Don, you know, get off the ground. And there's also like the Canada media fund. Like there's all these, there's all these grants that Canadian game developers have access to that helps indie teams get off the ground and, mm. and have a shot at it. Um, though there is a, a pretty solid history of, as well, like of, of game dev in, in Canada, like in Toronto, a lot of the people who now run indie studios in Toronto used to work at Silicon Knights right? and they used to work. On oh, like wow. The Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes or yeah, like Eternal Darkness. Or, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these studios, would either disband or move somewhere else. And then the developers are like, well, we still want to make games. So we'll just make them ourselves. Man, Silicon Knights. I was just playing Twin Snakes over Thanksgiving break. Really? Holy hell, is that game weird? Like, weird. I have a photographic memory of the PlayStation version of Metal Gear Solid. Mm -hmm. And then playing it on GameCube, it just like, 
this feels like a fan describing what happened in Metal Gear Solid. One. <laughs> like a fever dream version. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the, I, like, I love the cutscenes in that game. They're so they're indescribable. Crazy. They're crazy. Well, I think and those those cutscenes <laughs> that game. Yeah, those cutscenes were directed by a movie director who right. <laughs> directed a Godzilla movie. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> It all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Now, I do want to ask you, this game is specifically local co-op only, correct? Yeah. Explain. Why go this direction? Why make it so if you want to have a friend play this game with you, they got to come into your house and they got to clean and be presentable. And, you know, I can't be a slob. It's because we are reckless and think that mm -hmm. screw lockdowns mm. play video games with friends no we we really wanted to have online we, we really did it is just uh given when this project started uh to retroactively put it in mm. you know we, we we looked into it we looked into it with way forward it was just a huge amount of work right. so you know i i think that uh if the game does well there's no reason that we can't I, I don't know about patching it in but like if we do a don two i think that mm. would be probably one of the first things we would want to look at is hey how do we make this how do we make this work online mm. um but the other thing that we we made sure to do is because we always from the start we we said okay we're going to focus on making this a local experience is that okay even if you're playing by yourself it has to be fun by yourself because right. when we made rumbo it's funny we have the stats because like we announced rumbo and then all the youtube comments were like is this gonna have online i don't care unless it has online i don't have friends <laughs> and someone literally said i don't have any friends we're like oh, we're so, i'm so sorry it can't be real <laughs> um and then we added online and everyone was like yeah yeah we got online <laughs> and uh, I think that we looked at the stats for it. And I think the total number of people who played online was like 9% of the people who bought it. Wow. Um, <laughs> Talk about a vocal it, minority. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It, it, would, it would surprise you to know that that's, that's not unusual for that kind of game. And, mm. and that's why we made a huge single player campaign. And of course, the local multiplayer options. Right. Um, because like people... What I've discovered, especially in talking to other developers as well, people want to have online play. Mm -hmm. They they uh, don't uh, want to use it always. Like mm. even like Streets of Rage 4, a bunch of my friends bought that. None of them have played it online. They were glad that it had it. Yeah. They haven't played it online. I've only played it locally with my siblings and my friends in the neighborhood. Yeah, there's an example. So, so interesting. Yeah, because... I mean, listen, I mean, this kind of game, I feel, is the kind of game where I call up friends and say, hey, you got to try this game out. Come over. We'll do a game night. We'll get some pizza, get some beers, and smash some shit. And any game that allows me to do that, I'm going to celebrate. Because I feel like playing with a friend online, while it's fun, there's that disconnect. Yeah. And being in a room with them adds so much more fun factor to the experience. It does. It's it's it's. It's weird. I, I picked up the Dungeons and Dragons beat 'em up, the Capcom one, mm -hmm. and it had online. So I was, I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play online. 
and uh, I I was play, just playing some random dude. I don't know who he was. Um, it, we, I don't know. I, I ended up playing one round of online and then being like, nah, I'll just I'll just play it with like someone that I like who's within slapping distance. I also just love couch co-op period or yeah. couch multiplayer period. So, yeah. yeah, I think to me, multiplayer, at least in an online sense, is what I equate games that I buy and never open. Like it's a good idea in practice. Like, oh yeah, I'm so gonna enjoy this one day. Yeah, <laughs> it just sits in the cupboard with the shrink wrap until it's you know, oh it's on sale digitally or it's on PS Plus for free. Okay, I'll I'll get it now, and yeah. I'll play it when it's on my, on my heart. It's track. like it's like board game syndrome, right? Where it's like, oh my god, yeah. There are some video games that I almost treat like board games, and I mm. buy them and I don't play them for months until mm. I have people over, and we're like, no, like Don, you can play by yourself and you're still gonna have a fucking blast like it's mm-hmm. not a and we had to do it for rumbo to convince people to buy rumbo like hey it's not just multiplayer it's a good multiplayer experience like there's other stuff in there smash bros mm-hmm. does a great job of this i think yeah nintendo in general does a great job of that like they'll be like when you get mario kart you know no matter how you play it mm-hmm. you're gonna have a good time i agree um so what's the uh what's the roadmap here the game is coming out next year it's nearing mm-hmm. completion are there discussions for other characters? I feel like a game like this, you have so many collaborative options ahead of you. How do you not oh. just like be like, hey, can we get like your character in our game as like a cameo as a huge ass monster? I mean, we would love to. <laughs> I I actually like so I'll just say that. We we would love to. The only real factor is like, hey, you know, if how well does the game do at launch? Mm-hmm. Um, if it does well enough, then there's no reason that we can't just go hog wild. Listen, this is why you use the way forward name. That's yeah. some arms, grease some elbows, crack some skulls, <laughs> break some kneecaps, whatever has to be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's something we we would uh, I think everyone would, would love to see. What's a what does a dream cameo look like for you? If you had it your way. Who would you put in the game? In one character? Yeah, give me a give me a couple. Give me your top, give me your top five. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, obviously Godzilla is the is the number one. You can't not have which, Godzilla. So which Godzilla iteration would you put in there? There's a lot of different Godzillas out there. That's hard to say. That's really hard to say. What look? look hmm you know i've i always uh actually here this is so this is the godzilla the first godzilla i ever got when i was a kid this is this is the oh one. yeah that's this the one. started it all oh my god look at that's got the little red button in the oh middle. yeah and oh, the, the button on his chest oh I, my I god cut off i think scissors. i had that yeah holy hell yeah so part so of me cool. feels like <laughs> Here you can see, I just got these from my mom. She sent them to me. That's me, like at oh like six years God. old with this that is same like your, toy. This is like your destiny. This is my I destiny. That should be the box art. <laughs> right there. <laughs> should include that in the physical yeah. version. Just a picture of a kid holding. What? What, the, what is this? I'm telling you, um, like that's like you print off a bunch, autograph it, boom, yeah. swag right there. <laughs> so part of me thinks that like Heisei Godzilla is super iconic with the mm. '90s version. 
Um, the new Godzilla also looks really cool. I like the new, the newest design, the American, like the legendary pictures one. Mm-hmm. But like my favorite Godzilla design is the one who fights Mecha Godzilla in the seventies. He's kind of cute looking. Yes. It's something about the eyes in that one. Yeah. The eyes are just great. They're so expressive. Yeah. They got so yeah. much emotion. And like he, he like boxes and he like dusts off his shoulders and he like squares up. I don't know. He's got, he's a is that the one that, that drop kicks too? Yes. <laughs> he does the tail drop kick. Yes. The best move, the best fighting move I've ever seen. Um, what about that? Uh, what was the most recent one? That Shin Godzilla. Have you seen this one? I love Shin. That is, I have never felt actual horror and fear from a Godzilla film. But watching that, that movie, I was like, I'm a little uncomfortable watching this thing mutate and just destroy all of Tokyo. And there's like yeah. actual genuine horror in it. Yeah, he's terrifying. But it's I'd love to see him in. Oh yeah. I don't know how I would do it. Like I don't even know if God, he can't that, move very fast, but that <laughs> mouth, that mouth how it opens in the little tiny T-Rex arms. Yeah. And his tails, yeah. you know, blasting around. And this is a movie about nuclear energy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, they can do a TED Talk about Shin Godzilla. <laughs> All um, right. So Godzilla, clearly Godzilla, that's one yeah. that you would pick. Um, who else is on that list of just any monster from cinema or 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 video game i think after godzilla i would want to do gamera gamera it's classic yeah gamera would have to be in there um ultraman, ultraman the, the the og ultraman i would want in there um gypsy danger from pacific rim oh my god yeah okay okay get that rocket punch action uh-huh. in there and then maybe like I think an Ava unit would look really cool oh. in our art style. You know, like Ava Unit yes. 01 beat em up style. I think that, that would be really cool. I think that listen, when you make all your money from this game, I think it's gonna be a lot, trust me. Yeah. Just go into a full like Neon Evangelion title. Just make that your next <laughs> <laughs> your next project. <laughs> That'd be fun. I I'd love to make like a I, there's a lot of Evangelion games, but not a lot of them are like action games. No, exactly. There aren't so, any. And I feel like that was made for an action genre. Yeah. It's all about the, beating up shit. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I guess it's also about like depression and anxiety and stuff. Right. But and if we just like God. push that stuff <laughs> off to the side and just focus on like, yeah. hey, giant robots and giant monsters. Let's, yeah. Let's just remove the existential like crisis out of it, yeah. you know, and like, what it means to be alive and all other stuff and just focus on the actual monsters it was like when i, I would pick up zoids games but they were just turn-based games like why am yeah. i playing a turn-based zoids game no i want to be in the mech fighting other mechs that's why i want to exactly. that's why i like zoids <laughs> actually there's a zoids game on switch that i picked up oh yeah it's a fighting game and i was like this is what a zoids game should be just a, right. a, a giant metal tiger <laughs> beating up a giant metal dinosaur so you should also look into maybe some Power Rangers in there. Ooh, good... having the, the Megazord. Oh yeah, that would be tight. Yeah, that would be. Who is it? Hasbro, Bandai. Who owns that shit now? I don't know anymore. I think Hasbro. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hasbro owns Power Rangers. I guess Super right. Sentai is, is Toei, but I don't. I don't mm-hmm. know how that works. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, we've spoken a lot about 
Godzilla and your game. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to go into what makes you tick. What is what what monster lives within? <laughs> Alex Rushdie. It is time for rapid, dark. for rapid fire. Alex, what is the dumbest way you've ever injured yourself? The dumbest way I've ever injured myself. Mm-hmm. I've done some dumb stuff. Um, some very dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. the dumbest that's a tough one mm-hmm. I, when i was i I, wouldn't, I don't know if i'd call this an injury okay but when i was in um uh summer camp as a as a kid maybe uh maybe i was like 14 a friend of mine said he would give me 50 dollars if i put rub a535 on my uh special area <laughs> <laughs> okay so and i'm not sure what that product that. is what is that exact product Ruby 535 is like uh you know like icy hot patches. oh okay Ooh. <laughs> yeah and i was like this is a great idea and i get 50 dollars, and it was, was it not like a, a great idea like a gel or like a like a yeah, roll on like it's like a gel uh-huh and um and yeah it starts off icy and then it gets hot right so 50 dollars 50 uh, was that worth 50 bucks i don't know I, I, listen how old were you i think it was like 14 yeah that's like a fortune to a 14 year old <laughs> i'd do it for five that's true <laughs> i'd do it for two dollars <laughs> i'll pay him to watch me do it <laughs> um, <laughs> what um which one of godzilla's rivals you know, he's fought so many mm-hmm. over the years, monster-wise. Which one do you think most you most relate to? Like, <laughs> you know, that Rodan and I, we're like soulmates. <laughs> what monster do you think huh. best, best captures your personality, your values? <laughs> you know, I've always liked... Uh... Jeez, that's a that's a tough one. Which one? Which one matches my yeah, my personality? Which one, which one do you like? Oh, your eyes light up when he comes on screen. Like, yeah, there's my guy. Like, you're rooting for Godzilla, but still, like, you like you like that one monster to win somehow in some other universe. You know, I like um, I really like Titanosaurus oh. from Terror of Mechagodzilla. Yes, um, I just think it's like a cool design and like. Titanosaurus didn't didn't want to hurt anybody. Didn't, but was just coerced into combat, mm. and uh, uh, but was actually like really strong and almost beat Godzilla. But yeah, I, I I always liked Titanosaurus, and I always liked that element that like hey, it's something that doesn't want to fight, being forced into it, mm-hmm. and he just goes wild. He he yeah. literally buries Godzilla and then stomps <laughs> on him in the grave. Like <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I'm into that. Um. If you were able to create your own insane monster for Godzilla to fight, because he's fought, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of metaphors over the years for yeah. pollution, that smog monster. There yeah. was one, I think it was, was it Space Godzilla? It was actually a piece from another 
monster that went to space and then yep. space mutated. It came back with like <laughs> crystals <laughs> some other shit. <laughs> so what would what would you do if you're like, you know what, Alex designed for us a, a zany, like batshit crazy Godzilla foe? What does the backstory look like? What does it do? Hmm. <laughs> the, the initial temptation, right? The thing that, that I think would be really neat to see, but like, I don't, you know, it's not that original idea, would to see God, a Godzilla fight a Godzilla. Like, I've, I've never, mm. you know, like, why hasn't there been like an old asshole Godzilla versus a young, plucky Godzilla? I think that would be really interesting to see. Did or like Godzilla from another dimension, you know? Like right. This is the original 54 Godzilla versus like the 90s Godzilla. What, you know, didn't, what happens? Didn't one of the Tokyo Godzilla, the Japan ones, fight the American version from the Matthew Broderick movie? Yes. <laughs> he did. I mean, he just hits him once and then he's done. But so maybe that's maybe that's not a fully original idea. But listen, uh, an actual fight, not just like as a goof. Like yeah, yeah. I think the couple, couple of fact this one is goes yeah. down to one punch. <laughs> but I'd also love to see um uh something like a, a big snake or like a a naga or something. Yes, I, it's not like I feel like King Kong has has fought snakes. Right. Um, Godzilla has never really gotten to mm. to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be kind of neat. Interesting. I like that idea a lot. All right, so your game's out. It sells a bajillion copies. And you're like, look at online to buy some yachts. And there's a drink in your hand as you're yacht shopping. Uh-huh. What is your beverage of choice? What is your alcoholic beverage of choice? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. So oh. it might not, it, I'm trying to think what would it? Okay, right. If it was right now, it'd be a glass of eggnog because really, I like eggnog. <laughs> All right, so it's eggnog. All right, Alex, you spend way too yeah. much time yacht shopping, and you've had a little bit too much eggnog. Yeah. All right. What what word comes to mind to describe you when you've had too much eggnog <laughs> to drink? <laughs> Uh, bloated because I'm lactose intolerant, and that's, that's <laughs> uh, in pain, you know. Oh, I think that's your Godzilla monster, right? There's some sort of like milk based enemy made of yeah, like ice dairy. cream. Godzilla or some versus shit. dairy. Yeah, Godzilla is definitely lactose intolerant. Oh, I yeah. can tell you that. That's why he's angry. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's just too good. <laughs> um. I'm going to ask you a question we ask every developer on this show. That is pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Oh, yes. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Without, without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, one of your closest colleagues gets a phone call in the middle of the day. It's the local canadian police force whatever you guys call it over there yeah and it's that's, like, that's what we call it yeah we've just arrested alex uh-huh. what have you done what is the crime you've committed what is the crime i'm most likely to mm-hmm. commit yes um say so it's burned down like a farm that produces milk 
Uh, I've probably smuggled. I've probably smuggled something. I go over a Dairy Queen. You smuggled something. <laughs> what are you smuggling, Alex? <laughs> I feel like every time I go to an airport, I get in trouble for something in my bag. Mm-hmm. And like the last time I traveled, I forgot to take out my Swiss Army knife. I got in trouble for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. One time I had a bunch of T-shirts that I was giving out um, and uh, like a Nintendo thing. Mm-hmm. And I got in trouble for that. Um, so, and sometimes if I go down to Chicago, I'm bringing toys down. Right. And uh, usually it's fine, but sometimes they can be like, uh, why are you bringing so many toys down to Chicago? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, these are Godzilla toys. It's a Godzilla convention. And they're like, mm-hmm. you're a grown man. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, this sounds like, yeah, I'm totally being <laughs> lied to right now. Yeah. Break, so, what's in these toys, sir? Yeah, yeah. Are these filled with drugs? And then they try right. to crack open one of the toys and I'd freak out. See, like, no, you know how much that costs? But I think that's, see, now if you were some sort of mastermind, you'd be like, that's it. The real drugs are in my ass. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ruin the toys. Yeah. <laughs> you know i was just i just flew back from colorado and twice um i was stopped by the security by the little Mm. x-ray machine thing and you know they opened the bag up and they couldn't say why the machine was triggered i was like just for future reference because i don't like doing this at all yeah you take way too long with it is something there that i should be aware of and they're like "Eh, i really can't tell you i can't say well that's helpful wait as in like they knew but they yeah they just didn't want to tell me like yeah you know how these things are why we we really couldn't say i'm like great you've been very very useful to me it's like a good like 10 15 minutes of like you can't touch the bag you can't breathe near the bag it's a whole thing oh boy all right let's see what else what else we got here um would you rather what would you rather have the ability to fly or to be invisible oh fly for sure mm. it's you not going? very practical but you know well listen if, if you're gonna smuggle all those drugs yeah it's an easy way to go over the border <laughs> yeah, put drugs just fly wherever you want to go <laughs> where do you where do you fly to first are you more of like um like a beach person a nice beach setting or someplace more like not as intense with people hanging around where do you go where do you fly i mean right now i'm probably gonna go to a warm beach is where i would fly Mm -hmm. um but i mean i would also just yeah i i feel like in canada under normal like summer weather conditions i would just go up into the national parks or something just fly off Mm -hmm. there Get a, get away from it all. Get away from Toronto. Mm. What is a body part that you wouldn't mind losing? So you have to lose one. I have to lose a body. I have to part. lose one. I'm like Alex. I'm cutting something off you. Like all right, cut off this. Cut off this. What is the this um, that, I'm, that I'm hacking off? Uh, nipples they're they're vestigial right i don't i don't need on, those. On, a, on a dude yeah still though i'm thinking yeah sure or is that cheating because it's too small you want something with more know. meat on it yeah maybe 
Yeah, I'm thinking like you know a finger, or a hand, an arm, a leg, a kneecap. I mean, a, fin- a finger is an easy one, right? Because right. you still have your hands. But, right. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be the whole hand. Yeah. So I I would probably I do that like, substantial. I don't know. A foot would probably mm. be a foot uh, yeah. you know if it's got to be like way like it can't be like an ear like van gogh then like a right. foot one foot maybe i could still walk if i figure that out oh yeah you'll be fine yeah speaking of feet you're getting <laughs> dressed to go about your day uh-huh you're sitting down at your couch you got a pair of socks by you and your shoes on the ground beside your feet do you put them on sock sock shoe shoe or sock shoe Sock shoe. Oh, sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Okay. Who does sock, shoe, sock, shoe? You know, I will find them one day, Alex. One day. Good luck. <laughs> I'm going to find the developer that's just to- that. I'm yeah. going to call the FBI as soon as the Zoom call ends. Yeah. Like, I-, I got him. <laughs> we got him. We got him. I found them. <laughs> Whoever's on your wanted list. Yeah. I have a suspect. <laughs> if you could work on any video game franchise that's been sort of dormant for a long time mm. and you're given the green light like make us a new punch out alex we trust you in every way what would that franchise be what would you pick be f-zero holy shit do you hear that steven that's what happens steven's a huge f-zero fan he's not oh, here yeah. to hear this shit Huh, Steven and your and your stupid computer. <laughs> yeah, why haven't we seen more of F Zero? Is it because Mario Kart sells so well, like a billion copies a day over there? I'm I'm guessing. I really feel I like I don't I don't really know. I mean, I I think that the series started to sell a little less, but like mm-hmm. it was on you know the last one was on the GameCube. The GameCube didn't sell well. Right. Give me a break, Nintendo. Make a new F Zero. I mean, here we are. Let me make you. F zero, but we're not going to get Mario Kart nine. I think in the next five years. Yeah, we're never getting that. They're just going to repackage Mario Kart eight again. <laughs> you, know, when Mario Kart eight sells as well as it does, it's like number two always on every single list in top ten games. And the game's like the game, the deluxe version is over four years old at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I wish that I could just scream at everyone in the world and be like, "Stop buying Mario Kart eight! Stop like, buying Grand Theft Auto five! Stop buying!" <laughs> Stop, stop, buying. Buying Skyrim. stop buying Skyrim. Stop buying Resident Evil 4. <laughs> you know, oh, I guess Resident Evil 4, like they still make a five. Like Capcom will resell four, but they'll make right. a five, six, seven. Right, exactly. But like, stop buying it. Mario Kart 8. If you like Mario Kart, my God, stop buying it. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll never get a new one. So, God, I love it. That's a good message. If you like Mario Kart, stop buying it. Yeah, stop buying it. That is a very inspirational quote. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great place to end. Alex, thank you so much. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. The game looks incredible. It is, again, a, a, a kid version of me, wet dream come to life. It's, I really can't put it any other way. Nothing beats monsters beating up other monsters. It's like when you're playing with your toys as a kid, just in a video game. That's what it is. So thank you so much for making all of our dreams come true. Thank you. Where can we follow you and 13 AM games? Give us the whole Twitter, social media spiel. spiel. Give me all that shit. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Goji underscore guy. Mm. 
uh, 13am is on Twitter at 13am games. There's also our website 13amgames.com uh, that has more stuff about Dawn of the Monsters the trailer and screenshots and whatnot. Um, and then I also run a company called Seismic and we make toys and we made Dawn of the Monsters toys. So if you look up Seismic Toys on Instagram uh, or SeismicToys.com, you can follow me there. Hmm. Yeah, I was wondering, because I had the Seismic link in here and I'm like, is that them? I guess I know it is you. I'm like, oh, how are they making toys so fast? <laughs> and now I know. You made them well before the game was even close to finished and uh, they surprisingly sold well. People wanted right. toys immediately. You know, I am buying these things day one, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well thank you alex this has been an absolute blast speaking to you this week the game again dawn of the monsters out 2022 it can't come soon enough and since steven came and gave us his little sign off line before i'm going to end this week with a quote from godzilla it applies to us all okay and that is sometimes the only way to heal our wounds is to make peace with the demons who created them. Or I could say this, Admiral, we must keep our faith in Gorgita. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right, maybe, guys. maybe there's a little Godzilla inside each one of us. Yeah, yeah, inside us all. There's a little... Um... God, you ever watch the cartoon, Godzuki? <laughs> yes. There's definitely a Godzuki oh inside God. me. I think I'm just like Godzuki in the grown man's flesh. All right. <laughs> And with that, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. And as always, please be excellent to each other. <laughs>